Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day, Cephalon Collective, and welcome to episode 74 of Cephalon Squared. My name's Cephalon Greg. I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you on this Empyrean week of Empyrean? <laughs> I am fantastic. <laughs> you damn well should be. So, yes, this is, of course, the Empyrean Extravaganza, and we'll go into a little bit more as to why that is the case. But, of course, unless you've been sleeping with your head under a rock, you know exactly why. Let's get into the weather rambles, I guess. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Let's do that. Let's get it out of the way. Cool. Done. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Here in Ipswich, it is currently 27 degrees Celsius with a 67% humidity. So it's cooling down a little bit. But in my room right now, it is muggy and I am sweating. (laughs) Indeed. That's 81 degrees Fahrenheit. It's funny how you say it's cooling down at 7 p.m. Still 27 degrees Celsius. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the rest of of Australia is pretty much fucking suffering. Well, New South Wales is on fire, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, WA is about to get hit with their hottest uh, weather ever. Yeah. Ooh. I think South Australia is the same as well. In Adelaide, are getting a few, the most days of 40 degrees in December or something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, they're actually, I know WA is actually going to be hitting the 50s over the next week. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good at all. Well, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a terrible summer for a lot of people. So, hmm. What about Melbourne? Where, where, what's the weather where you are? It's warm, but not as bad as yours. So it's 21 degrees Celsius, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, 49% humidity. So it's just a little a little uncomfortable. 21 is generally pretty comfortable, but it's been a hot day, so the house is a little warm and it's humid-ish. Yay. Yeah, it is what it is. That's weather. Anyway, what did we get up to in Warframe before Friday? <laughs> or any gaming before Friday. To be honest, I can't remember because the rest of the week has just been made completely um, irrelevant. <laughs> it has. I can't remember what I did prior either. In fact, I don't think I did anything. I think I tried doing a few things, but to be honest, it, it was just the second this thing happened, everything else was obsolete. Yeah, but, you know, things still happened. I just can't remember what they were. I don't, I don't think I did anything. Might, might have been a bit more of Door Kickers. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about playing that earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah. Such is life. All, all the good stuff happened from Friday onwards. Exactly. So there's a bit of news as well. So let's just crack on into it because this episode's going to be, obviously, we're beating around the bush, but it's going to be all about Empyrean because <laughs> that came out this week on PC. But let's just jump into the news. All right. I'll start. Ivara Prime comes out to all platforms on December 17th. So, of course, this means Atlas Prime access will end and Zephyr Prime, my bay, will be entering the vault. Uh, so, if you do still happen to have any of the Zephyr Prime or Tiburon Prime or... Cronin uh, Prime. Was it, what is it? Cronin. Cronin Prime uh, relics, then they will be much helpful to those people that have not yet received either any of those. Uh, that is happening on the 17th. Yeah. And at, and uh, 
Ivara Prime's coming with the, the Baza and what was the other one? Good question. <laughs> Baza and something else I was excited about. Ax something. Ah, yes. Axamati. Ah, Axamati, that's the one. Axamati Prime. I was excited about that. I'm more excited about that than the Baza Prime. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, Jellyfish, she's coming. All right, and next up is the big bit of news. So we were speculating all week about what um, Rebford was going to be saying at the Game Awards. Was it about Warframe? Was it about something else? And now we know what it was. It was basically she jumped up and showed off a video for Empyrean and then said, yeah, we're going to drop it right now. And it went live on PC right as the announcement was made, which was very, very cool. Yeah. It was actually hilarious because uh, me and a few other of our Discord family were watching the Game Awards for the announcement, and the second the announcement finished, about thirty to 40,000 viewers dropped off from the, the Game Awards. <laughs> yeah. Everyone <laughs> went to go download Warframe. I was like, oh, cool, to, we've seen what we need. To Bye. The update. Yeah. <laughs> there, there goes the Tenno. I wonder if any of them came back after they're like, okay, it's downloading. I'll go back and watch more. I didn't. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, even more surprising, though, the Rising Tide update was simultaneously released on Xbox and PlayStation. Okay, not quite simultaneously, but close enough. It happened on the same damn day. So it was, yeah, good things yeah. are good. Red Tech started, I think, about 15 to 20 minutes before the announcement, but yeah, still pretty cool that they managed to get that so closely aligned on all of those platforms. Now, not to be shown up by the others, Riding, Rising Tide also went live on the Nintendo Switch the following day, so they actually managed to get it into CERT at the same time as the others, and it just was the following day that it went live on Switch, so I think that was a sigh of relief for them, considering last month's torture with uh yeah the old blood so good job d uh this one is of course a full remaster so it's not just an update it is a full game re-download but it means that the game has been reduced to 16.5 gigabytes which helps them avoid the issues with the sd card download that they were encountering so good on them that's a massive yeah so let me get it straight um Switch received both the uh, Rising Tide and the Old Blood roughly in the same week. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's a lot of content to soak up. Yeah, exactly. So Switch people are probably uh, beside themselves trying to figure out what they need to do. The good thing is, of course, because PC got Rising Tide two or three weeks ago, everyone knew what resources were required, and those that were clever had their um, clans ready in advance so i know our pc sorry ps4 guys and uh, i believe the xbox guys as well and i think even the guys on switch managed to get the dry dock done pretty much straight away so good work nice well done we didn't do so well on the ps4 ourselves in our little clan but no our, f- our focus was kind of somewhere else <laughs> yeah it's, it's done now though so if anyone is in our clan and you're wondering whether or not we've got the, the dry dock we do we have Cephalon Sai. You are ready to go. Go build your Warframe, your Railjack. And I should actually say thanks to Mothop and Diablo on the Cephalon Squared clan on PS4. So they were the guys that helped us get ready. So go build your Cephalon Sai and your Railjack. Woo! Do it. Do the thing. Do it. Do it right now. 
Next up, Mashed has released another new animation, this time with Cooper Liches and Railjacks. Definitely worth a watch. I gave it a watch myself, had a good old chuckle. It's really good. They did a really good job with this. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it until oh, a couple of hours ago. I thought, oh, shit, I better watch it before we do the podcast. And I was really <laughs> impressed. Like, I could watch that as a series. Yeah. I mean, some of the silly stuff with, um, <laughs> what are they called? Ace Squad or... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're better than you or whatever it is. That was pretty funny and a little bit silly, but um, the rest of it, like, it really played well. It worked. It was now, was that the same A squad that was used for the Tenocon? Mm. I feel like I it was so. Gauss and Grendel, yeah. Mesa Prime and Nidus. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good, good little thing they did. That was awesome. Yeah, so watch that. We've got a link in the show notes. It's funny. Yep. Next up, the Warframe store has added an Empyrean collection. If you're one of the type of people who needs to have some physical stuff. And this includes a Railjack keychain, which is pretty cool. And a Railjack blanket, if you like that. I think I need that. <laughs> an Empyrean <laughs> Lotus t-shirt, which actually looks pretty cool. As well as a bonus air freshener. It is only available in the store until January 7th, so it'll be kind of rare if that's your thing. Yeah, get on over there and check it out. Have a look at it. The, the blanket, by the way, is massive. It's not a small blanket. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. I, th- I think I need that Railjack blanket. <laughs> Go get it, Lucas. The whole bundle's only $85 US plus shipping to Australia. Ah, yeah, only. only. <laughs> so that's mm, like yes. a million Aussie dollars, close to. Yeah, some close is close enough. <laughs> Aussie dollars that I currently do not have. Anywho, if you watch any Warframe stream for 30 consecutive minutes over the weekend, you can get a free It's All Noggle provided you've linked your Twitch account to your Warframe account. And this is available until December 16. So by the time you will listen to this, is probably over. Um, I had a good chuckle the other night because while we were streaming on Cephalon Squared, I had our stream up and managed to get it by watching us. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> like, hang on, what did I get a noggle for? <laughs> and a couple of other people did thank us uh, in the stream as well. So it is for watching any Warframe stream. And it is still, at the time of recording, there's still two days. Because December 16th, US time. So there's still a couple of days, which is why I put it in the news. Just in case. Just in case. Okay, and lastly, a little bit of Cephalon Squared news. Just a reminder, this week, this Thursday, will be the last mini episode for Vorben. And then the minis will be on hiatus for two weeks, returning on January 9th, which is also a Thursday. Regular weekly episodes will still be releasing every Sunday as normal. They may be shorter than um, usual over the Christmas period. Who knows? We don't know what we're going to do as yet. But, yeah, regular episodes are continuing. Mini episodes will go on a short hiatus. Cephalons need a rest too. Yes, yes. We need to defrag and defuzzle. Defuzzle. Yep. It's the thing I just made up right Mm -hmm. there. And I am entirely fuzzled, Lucas. You're, you're fuzzled? I'm feeling the fuzzle too, mate. The fuzzle is strong in this one. Anyway, so, like I've said, this is a big Empyrean episode. We are going to talk about our experiences with Empyrean. We've played quite a lot. Quite a lot. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about our experiences with it, the good and the bad. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that came with Empyrean and... Yeah, we'll go into as much detail as we can. And then we're also going to do beginner and advanced topics 
on Empyrean this week. Now, some of this stuff is subject to change. Keep that in mind, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. But uh, for those who are yet to jump into Empyrean or who have just dipped their toes in it or who are on console and are wondering what they need to do when it finally comes out, this will be a really good primer episode. So, Lucas. Indeed. Empyrean. Oh, boy. What? Where do we even start? Okay, well, here's where I want to start. You say we've, we've played a lot of hours of this. Let's, let's ir- alliterate here, right? I have lost sleep <laughs> because of this. Good point. <laughs> Literally lost sleep because of Imperium. That is how much we have played. <laughs> it's true. And it's been a long time since I've played something and all I could think about when I wasn't playing that thing was the game. When am I going to get back on and play more? <laughs> it's really weird. Um, I didn't expect it to be like that. Let's not beat around the bush. It's not perfect. There's- Oh, God, no. Bugs galore. It's probably the buggiest thing that uh, D has ever released, in our experience at least. Well, let's see. In the last two days- of, less te- Technically three days. Last three days of playing- my Warframe client has has gone like completely broken, dropped, and and fried uh, roughly about five times. Yeah, mine hasn't done that as much, but I think I've restarted Warframe five to ten times just because of thinking that might fix some of the issues, and in some cases it did. Yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's just so many bugs. But it doesn't matter <laughs> because the core experience with Warframe, what you're actually doing in Empyrean is incredibly fun. They've actually hit the nail on the head with what they've created. It's, I think it's, it's safe to say that even though there's what, there's three areas. So there's Earth Proxima, there's Saturn Proxima, there's a Veil Proxima. And in each of those areas, there's a minimum of seven active nodes. Earth also has a free flight node. We'll get into that a bit later. But there's at least seven on each one. And so that makes, what, 21 new nodes. It's bloody hard to get through them all. You're not just going to do 21 in, in an order and then you're done. So there's God there's no. quite a bit of content there. <laughs> but a lot of it feels very samey. So you go into a mission. It says you need to kill this many ships, this many drop ships, and maybe you need to do something else as well. As well. Uh, and you just feel the difficulty increasing. So it is a little bit samey, but I know, you know what this feels like to me? What does it feel like? This feels like when Warframe itself, the original game first dropped, it dropped Mm. very bare bones. And then look at how the game has grown over time. And I think that is going to be the same with Empyrean. Empyrean is a far more mature game than Warframe was when it first released because Warframe's had seven years of development. But as a new section to the game, it really feels like it has massive potential and it sees most of that potential, but it doesn't see all of it. But the second you start thinking about it, oh shit, there's going to be corpus in this soon. And it's going to have to tie into the new war, because they've mentioned that it will, and it's going to have to tie into the open worlds. And what about Squad Link? And what about all these things? You start to realize that 
this isn't even tied into daily alerts or Nightwave or anything like that. This is going to be a major as- a- aspect in addition to the game, and it kind of blows my mind how big and how good it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it as good as I thought it was going to be? No. It's, it's better. better. Yep. It's better. I-, I second that, and we're not just talking hyperbole. It is actually better than I was expecting. I, I thought it was going to be good, and I thought it was going to be fun, but fuck me dead. <laughs> They've got it right. They have. Um, I okay. So even looking at like the, the basics of of applying different mods and stuff to your ship and building up the stats to increase the the hull um, health, the, the, the speed of your engines and everything, you really do start getting quite absorbed into it, and you find yourself really just wanting to push that little bit further to get your ship that little bit stronger every single mission you want to drive further and harder and you it's ah it's great it's funny it takes me back to when i was first a warframe player and i noticed when you put mods on and you see the improvements because mods in warframe have actual tangible noticeable impact on the game and it's the same with railjack but the difference is Rather than us, because we're now all advanced players, whenever we get a new Warframe, we put freaking 50 mods on it straight away. You start out with nothing. You've got to find the mods now for Empyrean, and you're slowly building back up to where you were. Like, it's, I expected it to be like this, but it, it still exceeded my expectations. Mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. The roles... Let's have I, have I mentioned I'm going to go a little bit into the roles in the beginner topic, but and I'll I will continue them in the intrinsic. Yeah, you'll you'll explain how the roles work with um, like experience and that kind of thing, but how they play in the game isn't quite what I expected because it's a little bit more hectic. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, because. You're not like chaos. Yeah. Ca- chaos is the word that comes to mind. Originally, I thought you'd have two gunners, and those people would just be gunners. But you can't stay on the guns. You have to run around the ship. Someone needs to be a person. At least one person needs to exit the ship every once in a while. But someone else, or both the gunners, also need to protect from incursions uh, and damage to the ship, electrical faults, fires. Hull breaches. Plus, you've got to make resources. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, 90% of the time, I'm pilot and I stay on pilot, but... Uh, the only... Yeah, if you're a pilot, you have to. Yeah. In the, in the first couple missions I did, um, which were just mostly pub groups, I found myself being the one that runs around, does the repairing, the, the building of, um, of materials, um, all that kind of stuff, and it was mind-blowingly fun. Like... Half the time, I was like, what am I doing? I'm not standing still. You know, there's no chance to stop and smell the roses. It's go, 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 go. Sometimes there's three fires and you've got to think, shit, yeah. which one do I go to? <laughs> which one's more important? Yeah, and they are color-coded, so that's an important thing. But, uh, yeah, that is yep. that is an important thing. If you are the pilot, you're probably the only person who is going to have one consistent role. Uh, because yep. you have to pilot. The Even ship. then, it, it might get, may get swapped up from time to time. You know, you may have something where um, one of your allies has died too many times, so you're one less person sh- short on on your railjack. Everyone else has gone off to 
either take a, a cruise ship or destroy one of the Grenier uh, fortresses or something, and you realize, shit, I got a minute before I critically explode and we all fail, so I got to get behind this asteroid fire. belt and <laughs> get off my uh, get off the pilot seat and go put out that fire. Yeah, exactly. So it's it happens. It happens. It's 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 hectic. It's it's fucked up and in a good way. Absolutely. It's a good fucked up. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, we could sit here and talk all night about the good experience we've had. Uh, and I'd love to because it is freaking amazing. But I think it's also fair that we talk about the bad experiences, things that need to be fixed. They are aware of them, of course, uh, as well as bugs. But we've, before we do that, let's also just quickly touch on a couple of the things that came with the Empyrean update. One of those is... The Excalibur Deluxe skin. Ah, gorgeous. It is. This is the one they showed off. Did they show it off at Tenocon? Where, where was it? Yeah, it was It was Tenocon. And they, they kind of slipped that, oh, we, we are going to try and give it the first ever um, Deluxe stances. Yeah. And they did. And they did. <laughs> they certainly did. And they are awesome. Yeah, so he does smoke his little pipe and tap it out over his shoulder. And it's, it's very cool. It's definitely the most detailed skin in the game it doesn't seem very warframey it's it's really different but it's fantastic it's gorgeous gorgeous absolutely gorgeous skin. looks freaking amazing yeah it made me play excalibur again because i had to get it so i got it <laughs> and now i'm like i have to play excal more because it just looks so good mm. and the nakana skin too oh, uh, that's gorgeous uh, beautiful so kudos for that design because it's really good uh, and the other thing, there's two new weapons that came with this, and both of them are referred to as Old War weapons. One of them is what they call the Pennant Sword, and this is a two-handed Nikana that uses the wise razor stance that uh, previously was only being used by the Tatsu. I'm divided as to how I feel about that sword. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't actually had a chance to use it myself. Yeah. It looks good. It looks great. And and it has a pretty interesting um intrinsic passive. passive yeah. Yeah. So it's um whenever you use a heavy attack, it increases your attack speed. So it's kind of like an mm. intrinsic berserker, but only on heavy attacks instead of on critical attacks uh, or critical hits. So you do have to be actively using it as a melee weapon as opposed to just using quick melee. But it's still pretty cool. I just find it a little bit slow. I find it a little bit awkward. I find the animations carry on a little bit too long and they're hard to cancel. So I'm not sure how I feel about it. But again, this is a PC account where I don't have all of my really cool mods. So it's hard for yeah. me to really evaluate at this stage. It is a powerful sword. I'll give it that. But yeah, I've got a... The, the, the jury's out for the moment. The other is primary weapon called the Quellor. Now, this is an energy rifle. It's an energy auto rifle that has quite a large magazine. So, I think it's got 200, and you can just keep pew-pewing. It has a slow rate of fire, so it's not a fast auto rifle. Uh, it hits hard, but it also has a secondary, a charge-up secondary. I think it takes two or three seconds to charge, and then that hits really hard and takes 75 of your ammo out of the magazine. Dang. So the, the secondary fire is uh, a crit hit, 
whereas the primary is a status weapon, so it's a hybrid weapon. It's really quite good. Again, I don't have all the right mods to really give it a, a good overview, but uh, I think it's going to be up there as one of a uh, a fan favorite. Yeah. Now with the the pendant sword, um, if you're not if you're wanting to actually learn more about it, um, I would definitely go and check out Tactical Potatoes' newest video on it. Uh, he actually shows a really good build that's all about uh, heavy attacks, and it makes the pendant sword a pretty pretty damn good weapon. So. I definitely suggest go check that video yeah, out. Cool, I will. I haven't seen that one yet. All right, and that's. I mean, there's other stuff that came with Imperium, but this was all about releasing Imperium and getting it out into the wild. So, let's talk about it. Ooh, one, one, one thing should probably mm -hmm. add to those weapons. Uh, if you want the blueprint and don't want to have to purchase them, then they can be acquired um, by drops when you uh, invade enemy. Uh, cruise ships during Imperium missions. Yes. So, yeah, you, you, they're not, well, they're not easy to get. I haven't got one and no. I've been invading a lot of cruise ships, but, um, that's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Thank you. <laughs> All good. All right. So let's go back to the Imperium talk. First, we'll talk about the bugs. Some of them are massive. The main bugs we've really had are Oof. not being able to get people who weren't in our clan to easily join us. Yep, there was a friend friend list. Everyone on your friends list on day one was uh, offline, apparently. Yeah, that's been fixed. That has. That's good. But it's still hard for people to join your squad. And this will be fixed soon, I'm sure. But at the moment, if you try to embark on a railjack mission and not everyone is on the railjack as yet, it can crash someone or everyone's Warframe. Uh, and the same yep. with returning to the dry dock. Uh, so that's a bit of a problem. Uh, there's a lot of disappearing walls. Yep. <laughs> At one time, there was even an entire disappearing ship where I couldn't see anything but the doors. And that was a nightmare, to be honest. There's been issues with tile sets where uh, I know we actually suffered this a couple times today, uh, playing with some of the clannies, um, where we were jumping onto a Grenier fortress and the tile set kind of spawned us in into the ceiling and we were stuck. Mm, yes. Yeah, there was a couple of issues with the dropships as well where you jump onto a dropship and you couldn't exit the dropship and you couldn't move further so the doors wouldn't open. Yep. Uh, so that was a problem as well. There's a problem with going into um, like a half arc wing mode where You've only got your arcwing weapon deployed and you're sort of moving up and down, but you're actually on the dropship. Uh, so that was another problem. So there's bug after bug after bug. There's lots and lots of them. They will be ironed out. And I don't think realistically that they really heavily impact the experience. I have heard that for some people they do. Uh, for, there's some people out there, and I don't know whether it's got to do with their connection to the servers or what it is, but some people just have not been able to have a good experience at all with uh, Imperium. Um, for us, it's been mostly good. Mostly. Mostly. I'd say 90% of the time, things have worked without a hitch. Yeah. We had a couple of hiccups last night during the stream, but that was easily fixed. Yeah. So, bugs, bugs everywhere. So, let's all eat some bugs. But what can you do? I am fairly certain now, the way that they've handled things, that they want to get Empyrean into the hands of console players as soon as possible. 
So I'm not sure how many of the bugs will be fixed before it comes out on console, but like I said, and we're having this discussion on Discord uh, with Raven earlier today, I really don't think it was a bad idea to rush or to to push out Empyrean at this time. Yes, it, I mean, you can't compare it to a game, a, a standalone single-player game like uh, Uncharted or Red Dead Redemption or something like that, which is made to be... A one-off. As perfect as possible yeah. on the day of release. Yeah. This is something that's going to grow and going to change. And yeah, okay, it could be released in a better state, but does it have to be? Not really. It doesn't have to be. I think it was released in a good enough state. And I think uh, well, D released it at the right time. It was rela- released in a playable state, and that's all it really needed. Yeah, because if they didn't release it before Christmas, I don't think it would have been a good fit. Ooh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, we'd already discussed this in a, in a prior episode. It, yeah, it was basically damned if you do, damned if you don't. And they damned if th- that they did, but it was better off. Exactly. So we are where we are, and I can't blame them for it. I think they've done a good job. Uh, I think, like I said, it's in, it's it's insanely playable, as it is. All right, so let's talk about some things we didn't necessarily like about it. Now, all of these things I've got here, Lucas, are my notes. Mm-hmm. But if you've got any ideas as well, let me know. Did you want to read them out one at a time, um, or do you know not know what I'm talking about? I reckon since they're, they're yours, um, you should... You should mention them, and then I'll just kind of add my opinions to it. So, the first one is probably what I think is the biggest issue I have with Empyrean at the moment, and that is that you can fail missions because of resources and RNG. So, while you're out there playing in a mission, you need to collect resources so that you can build them to, for example build Reverlight, which is a really important resource that you need on your ship so that you can make repairs. If you don't have any Reverlight, you can't repair the hull breaches. And if the hull breach is a catastrophic breach, like Lucas said before, there's a one minute countdown and when it hits zero, you fail. So we've played entire missions and almost had zero, what are they called? Uh, Something, cubic diodes diodes, uh, and pustules. And they're the two things that you need to make Reverlight. So it's really frustrating that you need to rely on RNG for these bloody drops. Otherwise, you can't make Reverlight. Yep. Now, I completely and utterly agree with that. But I think the problem at for that particular thing goes a bit deeper. Because mm-hmm. if you look... Okay, so if you look at Earth, uh, the Earth Proxima, the... Mm-hmm weapons and the ship upgrades and everything you can get to upgrade your ship from there requires a monstrous amount of both cubic diodes and pustules. And pustules, exactly. And I know know you're guilty of this, I'm guilty of this, there's probably a lot of people guilty of this, but they see a new shiny item, they think, crap, I need to build that, I really, really want that on my ship, and they dump all their resources into it. And then they go, oh shit, I didn't keep anything to the side so that I can stock up on Reverlight before we go into the next mission. Yeah, but that's only part of the problem because we've also gone into missions as a, yeah, with Reverlight. Yeah, no, I, as I said, I agree and with then you. failed I, I, the mission. I agree with what you said before, but it, it's it's not just like a, a one uh, one spot problem. It's like a it, it's a slew of problems that kind of all add up to make everything really damn painful at this stage for that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. So, 
my suggestion is that the Omni tool, which is the tool that you use to do your repairs, I think it should be that it uses Revolite to make repairs a hell of a lot faster. So say two to five seconds, which is what it takes now to repair something. But I think you should still be able to repair without Revolite just very, very slowly. So if it takes like 20 to 30 seconds to fix a catastrophic hull issue without Revolite compared to the two to five seconds that it takes when you do have Revolite, it's still in your best interest to have Revolite, especially if you've got fuck all time, you've only got 30 seconds left and you've got no Revolite, you'll be down to the last bloody second trying to fix that last section of the hull. Yeah. I think that's one way around it that still keeps it hectic and still keeps it stressful, uh, but doesn't make it that you just fail if you have bad luck with RNG. Yeah. Other people are suggesting that it should be uh, just a cooldown. I don't like this idea because I think it just ma- that makes it even more arcade. Yeah, and and the idea of giving it a cooldown is, is you know, it makes it more simplified. And to be honest, I don't want DE to make this a simplified game mode. It needs mm. to keep the, the chaos mechanic. Yeah. I think the, the resource management piece of it is an important part of what makes it fun. Yep. Easily. So I'm all for keeping it, but just tweak the way things work because RNG sometimes doesn't work in your favor. Really often, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Pastorals can get Even if they just ramped up the, the pastorals um, drop rate a little bit, like- I'm, That'd be that would help. That would help. Yeah, or even the amount, because when they drop in amounts of like four, <laughs> no, no, when they drop in amounts of two or two, yeah, exactly. Especially when you're seeing like titanium drop two hundred and eighty titanium, and then you collect pastrals two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's with really a two, t- and that's with a, a resource booster too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, moving on, moving on. Otherwise, we'll be here all day just talking about this because it is a big issue. Yeah. Next up, anyone can start a mission when you're in your dry dock. So if you're playing with randos and they get on your ship and they decide they want to get up there and go to navigation and start up your mission, they can. Uh, I don't think that's a good thing. In addition, the host can continue missions. So one of the good things about... Railjack, which is also a double-edged sword, is while you're out there, when you finish a mission, it doesn't automatically take you back to the dry dock. You can either choose to go back to the dry dock, or you can just go on straight on to the next mission. So you can just keep going out there, keep stockpiling all of your the stuff that you collect along the way. But the host can continue that without asking anyone else. So if you are the random person joining another group, you can't leave. I do believe that you get your drops when the mission complete screen comes up. So if you do leave, you still get them, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I don't like that as well. I think you should be able, it should be easier for people to be able to drop in, drop out, or it should give you a vote. A vote would be nice. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the vote needs to come into this. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, next up is something that I was complaining about a little bit earlier, and that is that it's not as random as it was made out to be. So the guys were talking about it in last dev stream and said, oh, when you go into a mission, there's these points of interest and, uh, it, you know, it'll randomly assign things to you. But most of the missions we've gone into, and let's face it, we've only really done Earth at this stage. You've done a little bit more of Saturn, though, I think, Lucas. But um, most of the missions you go into is kill X amount of ships and X amount of drop ships plus one other thing. 
And the one other thing is what makes it more exciting. I'll give it that. But most of it's just still take down this amount of ships. Uh, and that's not as random as I kind of was hoping it would be. I was hoping there'd be a little bit more mission types. But you know what? I think they're coming. I hope they're coming. Yeah. So a good thing about that, like I, I agree, it's very much the same. It's different, but it's the same. <laughs> so those additional little things that they get you to do from time to time, one of them would be like, all right, take out this uh, Grenier um, missile platform. It's pretty simple. Go in, hack a thing, destroy the, the cores on the outside, destroy the core on the inside. Ta-da, you're done. Woo! Moving on. Um, but they've actually done some a, a couple more interesting ones, thankfully. And one of which that, that I seem to run into quite a lot is the ship destroyer. Yes. This thing's insane because as the pilot, if you are not aware that you're doing a, um, a, a ship destroyer mission, you will get hit hard and you will freak the fuck out. <laughs> I have several times. That, oh shit, this is a ship destroyer. <laughs> um, big, yeah, it's got a big massive cannon. It is yeah. huge, and it sits at the top, so you've basically got to fly around the base of it, and when the weak points pop up, they pop up at the top, <laughs> so you've got to get into view of the big, nasty cannon, and it hurts, and uh, so that one, that one's good. And then the third one, and the th this third one is the most bugged mission type there is currently that I have seen. And it is the one where you go in and you're, it's, it's a Grenier special, um, research dock and they're working on a brand new special cruise ship and you have to go in, sabotage their research and hijack the cruise ship. Interesting. I haven't done that one yet. Is that on Saturn? Uh, that's mostly on Saturn. Yes. Okay. I have done this thing three times. Out of the three times I've done it, only one was unbugged. Oh, wow. Interesting. Now, if you can successfully get it done, it's cool because that means now you actually have an additional uh, cruise ship that you essentially get for free until you decide to go on to the next mission. Hmm. And, you know, because at this stage you've killed all, all, all the, the fighter jets, all the other cruise ships, now you have two farming ships to just kind of free flow around and pick up whatever resources you want and it's got a heavy heavy cannon on it and it hits so goddamn nicely but that's if yeah, the nice. that's if the mission doesn't bug on you <laughs> which it will yeah i i guarantee there's probably more later on down the track uh, i did see that there was a tweet about uh, one person running into um uh, the the saturn 6 uh, prison. Yes, I've seen a few people talking about that, actually. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. So, there is plenty of interesting things out there, and I think there's a lot of lore that we are yet to run into. But as of yet, it's very much the same. Yeah, a lot of the missions are the same. So, again, it's still new, but it is an issue that I think should be brought up. Yes. Another thing, there's a free flight mission on Earth. I think it's pretty useless. I went in there flew around for a bit and then went okay and left it, it's not pretty and useless it, it's, have it's extremely useless it's straight up fucking get rid of it, it it's yeah. what's the fucking point or put some enemies in there like or put put some targets in there for just target practice yeah like actually put something there to make it viable because all this is at the moment is you spawn in and you fly your ship around 
The biggest problem with it is you spawn in with no intrinsics, no skills, no nothing. So all you can do is point forward or turn left and right and shoot your guns. But what are you shooting your guns at? Exactly. So it's... A couple of medium breakable fucking asteroids. Woo! Yeah. I mean, if you can use it as a a farming mission, which I didn't think of until you just said that, maybe you can farm for resources, but... I don't know. See, that's one thing I've been liking about the missions in general. You leave, like, once you complete it, you can just infinitely farm. You know, things just keep respawning so you can keep farming away and you can walk away with a decent chunk of resources. Yeah, but how long did you farm for earlier today, Lucas, to get only 48 pastorals? 20 minutes? (sighs) Yep. Exactly. So it's clearly a problem. Anyway, moving on, because this, uh, this is lengthy and there's still quite a few to go through. The cruise ships, even though there are different layouts, they all feel exactly the same. You enter one room, the reactor is in the next room. And unless you want to take over the ship, all you have to do is jump in, go to the door, shoot the reactor, turn around and exit. Yep. Anyway, that one's pretty simple <laughs> and silly. The cruise ships are just, they're exactly the same. It's not a big problem because you're only, when you're you're good at destroying cruise ships, you're only there for 20 seconds at most. So it's not a massive problem, but still, it's a bit weird. Yeah. We need more ships. Yeah. There needs to be more variety. There will be. I'm sure of it. Hopefully in the veil. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting there. I have seen a few streamers playing in there, but I didn't want to watch too much. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So while you're flying through on Earth Proxima and Saturn Proxima and Vale Proxima everywhere, you can collect wreckage, they call it. And these are repairable items. So they could be weapons or they could be um, ship components like reactors or engines or shield arrays. Now, the good thing about them is you get them. They're different to the ones that you can research. So they're special weapons that have slightly different roles on them. I'll get into that again in a second. But you have to repair them before you can stick them on your ship. And the resource cost to repair them is utterly ridiculous. And that was what Lucas was talking about before with the amount of uh, cubic diodes and pustules that you need to use to, to repair these things. It can take you quite a long time and quite a few hours of farming just to be able to repair one damn thing. And then after you've finished doing it, you've got to wait for, how long is it, a day? 12 hours. 12 hours for it to go through its repairs, and then you can put it on your ship. Or you can rush it for 20 platinum. No, 50. 20 platinum if if you actually do put the materials in. Oh, yeah. So if you put the materials in, then you can rush it for 20 platinum. Or there's a special little thing called an instant repair, which you can buy as a resource for 50 platinum and instantly repair these things. I think that was a questionable decision by DE. Heavily, heavily questionable. Now, one thing I actually found out today about this, right, is that if you've put any materials into a piece of wreckage, the uh, instant uh, repairing droid becomes null and void. You can't use it. Yep. So that that's good i'm glad they've done that if you if you've decided to start putting things into it you can't back out that's it keep building that's good 50 platinum for something that damn fucking good yeah and the problem is like i don't think it is good that you can't use it 
I think it's good that you, you can't use it if you've put in a certain percentage of the amount of repairs. But I had one where I only, I only put in 10% of the amount of, uh, stuff that needed was required to, to fix it. And then I was like, ah, that's right. I've got one of these instant repair things. I'll just use that. Nope. And I still, this is the one I still haven't finished yet, Lucas. It's ah, at 97%. Your pustules, yes. Yeah, that I still need pustules for to finish. It just absolutely blows my mind that they've made this strange decision. The other thing is, you don't get much back for them when you sell them. You only get, I think it's 50 uh, of the new type of endo. Yeah, to 25 to 50 of the uh, avionic endo. Uh, yeah, di- di- Devos, Divos, I don't know. Dirac. 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 So, yeah, you don't get much back, especially all the, if you did put the resources in. Like, it just blows my mind. 50 platinum is a lot. Well, it can, okay, considering it's basically 50 platinum compared to 6,000 pustules, 6,000 mm. dioids, and a clusterfuck of other resources that you need, and along with, like, I think it's twenty uh, ten thousand credits. That doesn't really matter. The pustules and the dioids. That is a hefty yeah. amount that you got to put into them. Fifty platinum weighed up against what's it? What are you? What are you? What are you looking at now? About five hours worth of farming. Yeah, it's nothing. It's yeah. not enough. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think I'd rather just go the fifty platinum. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really think they've probably p- priced it too low if they want to keep it in. Mm-hmm. Because it's too tempting to just throw 50 platinum in it. And I'll be honest, I think I've spent 300 platinum on them. I think I bought six. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> because why not? Yeah. It, it's easier <laughs> and quicker. So, I, so I, even though I say it's questionable, I still did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. I, I agree. That's 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 ridiculous. I, that needs to definitely be beefed up to make it yeah, less tempting. I, I think they are. They have heard the feedback on that because I have heard some comments on Twitter and here and there, but I'd like to see how they fix that. Anyway, I mentioned that there were random rolls. So you can get two of exactly the same item and they have different stats. Now, I don't know whether they're different stats if they are the same manufacturer or if they're different stats because they're different manufacturers. So I don't know if they're completely random rolls in that if you get two of an identical item, they have different stats or if they're static rolls, but the manufacturers have different stats. Okay, so I can confirm. I can confirm this. You actually, it, it, it's random rolls to the drops themselves, and it has nothing to do with the manufacturer, because I got today, um, so my, my awesome little reactor that I was so proud of uh, last mm-hmm. night, I got another one of them this morning, and the reactor I got last night, it was the exact same type, Last night's one was uh, a plus 19 to avionic slots. Mm-hmm. The one I got this morning was only a plus 10. Remember how we got that uh, engines one, uh, sorry, the reactor the other day at the same time? Yep. Mine was plus 23 to avionics. I didn't want to tell you. And see, <laughs> mine, mine was only plus 11 that, that when we both got that one. Yeah. So it's, it's really, I don't think that's a good thing. And I especially don't think it's a good thing because of all the resources you have to put into it. Yeah. Because what if you had put all the resources into that one that has 19 and then you got a better one? That You know the thing that, that happened today? I thought you said the numbers were the other way around. No, no. I got another reactor uh, that was better. 
Of course, uh, it was a, of course, it was a Mark, was Mark II. It was a Mark II reactor, but it was still mm. better. But the difference was not that much. So I'm going from 19 to 23. Mm. Still, that's um, that's shitty, and that's you shouldn't have to go through that. So I, I know I also heard Rebecca was saying on Twitter that there. Um, no, it wasn't Rebecca. It was Sheldon said something on Twitter about that i don't know what they're doing but apparently the next update's going to address something about that so yeah i'd like to see that get fixed it's the resource cost is what makes it really bad yes without the resource cost if there was no resource cost if you picked them up and you could put them straight on your ship i'm all for it but you can't and there's 12 hours after you put all the resources into it so nah not okay with it all right even even if they just half the cost because I yeah. mean, you're not you're not building it from scratch. Why do you need that much resources to fix it? Exactly. Yep. If it was a lot faster to get the resources, then it wouldn't be so bad if you got a better one. Yeah. So on that note, the grind is real. Oh yeah. But does it need to be this hard? Is it intentionally, or is it just that they misworked? Uh, you know, didn't work out Mis-balanced. the numbers. Misbalanced. Yeah, they didn't. They they misjudged the balance. I think they misjudged the balance on a, on, on particular things like resource cost, resource drops, um, mainly. Yeah. Because the other thing is there's um, the research. So your clan can also research parts for your ship and weapons for your ship. Uh, and they're different to the ones you pick up. They have the same names, but they're made from different manufacturers. So um, the ones you research require a certain amount of resources and then once you finish putting the resources in there's a three day wait as per regular clan research that's a long time considering it's just to get the blueprint no 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 it's not it's not just to get the blueprint Mm. it's that that's it once that's done once the research is done you can build it right then and there on the spot it's done but don't you need to put the resources in in order to build it yeah right there yeah, but you still need to put the resources. And, but the resources for that are cheaper than repairing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still, I don't know. There's there's all these numbers that just seem to be forcibly stretching things out. Yeah. Forcibly trying to slow things down. And yet there are still people who are already Mark Three on everything. Crazy. Yeah, so. But those people have put fuckloads of ridiculous hours into it and yeah they have the time so good good luck to them kudos to them anyway it starts really slow it starts incredibly 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 slow painfully slow you get no mods and you are desperate to get things i think this is actually a good thing though oh yeah definitely because it starts out much like the start of warframe does when you first get into it, it takes a long time to get into things and it it's Maybe some of us longer-term players have had things given to us for too long, um, and it was nice to have it be slow again. Yeah. One thing I, I will say is that I would actually say it's slower than what the starting out was before, because when you start out before, there was still a little bit of, okay, I'm pretty damn powerful. For the missions that they put you in, you're pretty damn powerful. This time yeah. around, this time around, they say it's possible to do- Railjack solo. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Is it easy That's to do it solo? <laughs> God freaking no. I was like, you know what? I can do this. I'm the solo. I jumped in. First mission. Okay, cool. Two cruise ships, 30 fighters. Nice. I got this. I got this. Five fighters in. 
Critical damage. Mission fail. Holy crap. Ooh, maybe I do need yeah. people. It's bloody hard. <laughs> and I heard, you know, um, the guys on, on our Discord, Raven was saying he, he managed to go back and do the first couple of missions solo. And he's done most of Earth with just him and Danny. But that's after having grinded and gotten better equipment and got oh, yeah. a whole bunch of e- e- intrinsics and etc. etc. When you first start up the game, I challenge every single one of you for your first mission to do it solo and see how you go. Yep. <laughs> it is brutal and I now, love it. Now, if you park your railjack and uh, right at the edge of the, uh, the, the area and go into Arcwing, it is possible to complete it, but I want to see how you do with the, with, with the railjack. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. There's probably more that is disagreeable or needs to be fixed. But realistically, even with all of these things that are a little bit questionable, I think they're going to fix them. They are going to address them. Makes it a little bit frustrating for those of us that had to confront them up front. But the game is just so good and so fun that a lot of this stuff doesn't matter. And you will just be having a blast with other people. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So keep an eye, keep uh, uh, an open mind because DE is always working to fix things. Uh, folks were complaining that there was no rail track training in the codex and Rebecca Ford jumped on Twitter to say, yes, we're working on this. It'll be added soon. So DE is listening as always. They will update and fix things. I don't want to have the type of community or I don't want to be in, in a type of community that is constantly negative and just says, oh, D is deliberately doing this or they're deliberately, deliberately doing that. I really don't believe that. <laughs> I really believe that DE is trying to make the best damn game they can. And sometimes they make mistakes because they're only human. So let's put a positive spin on things. We can still complain about things and call them out. That's fair. But at the same time, geez, be nice. The world's a hard enough place as it is. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. It's amazing, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Agreed. <laughs> the, the true, the true, uh, the true game awards game of the year winner. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> this is another final thought, a second final thought. This has given me reason to go back and do other missions. It's made Arcwing have a real reason now. It's given Arcwing a place in the game, I guess, is what I was trying to say. Uh, it's made me go back and level different weapons and different things. It's making me excited about Warframe again Yep. as a whole. Yep. All right. Now, D, a challenge to DE. Make us want to go back to Lenaro. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Your mission, if you choose to accept it. Choose to accept it. All right. So let's head on into our beginner and advanced topics. Um, so beginner, I'm just going to go over so, some things to know about when you start Empyrean. I'm not going to go into too much details, just going to give you a little bit of an explanation. And Lucas is going to go into deeper on one of the specific topics. So playing with others is easy. So if you have your own railjack, you can just go into your railjack, put it in public, choose a mission and away you go and people will just join you. So that's a good thing. To play with others, you go into navigation and you can click on find a crew, I think it is, or join a crew. Can't remember what it is, but it's a button in the top right hand of your navigation screen. And you will then search for parties that are open and you'll join them. Ta-da! They are going to add a mission select to that as well. So you'll be able to see which missions have 
people uh, actively uh, looking for people to join them. So that's going to get better. It's pretty easy to join other players. Just keep in mind that if you do go in, you might get dragged for a, through a few things. Um, Empyrean is the type of game that is very raid-like. It's not necessarily a raid, but it's it's I would call it raid light. You definitely need to work together in order to achieve achieve your objective. So therefore, it's best to have communication. Uh, if one person leaves the ship, let them leave the ship. It's good to understand why they're leaving the ship. It, we had too many times last night in particular where we were playing with randoms and both of them left the ship at the same time, leaving the rest of us to go, oh shit, we've got no Reaver Light and five fires. So communication's really key. It's not necessarily super, super key, So, but just know your role, I guess is what I'm saying. Your ship. Once you've built it, it's your damn ship and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. You can fly it. You can try and do things solo. You can go out there and stick it on public and other people will join your ship. Building it, we've talked about in a couple of episodes ago, or it could have been the last episode. I can't even remember now. It's been so long. Uh, it's not too, it is hard to build. It will take you time, but you don't necessarily need to have a ship. You don't even need to have a dry dock to join other people on Railjack. You just need to have unlocked Arcwing. So keep that in mind. Customizing your ship is pretty easy. There are skins for 225 platinum. They look pretty good. It's up to you whether you want to use them. The names you can put onto your ship are pretty damn long. Uh, one of the guys put on supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and that's a ridiculously long word. So you should be able to fit most of anything that you're thinking of. Have at you. Go for it. Uh, colors comes from all your palettes. Uh, wear and tear, yeah. I did notice there's a few bugs where sometimes the name won't show up or it'll show up in weird places or the wear and tear will switch itself on or off or whatever the case may be, but it's all well and good. I think actually with the wear and tear yeah. that it's um, you gain more wear and tear as you take damage. Interesting. Because I had, I had the same thing with my ship. Like at one stage I, I zipped it all the way down to zero, went to a mission, came out, and it was all the way back up to 100. I'm like, Maybe that's actually tied in with the the damage taken. Damage you take. Yeah, interesting. That's cool. It could be. We don't know that for sure, but it sounds plausible. Uh, so there's a bunch of things you can do with, with customization. Just notice that when you are customizing, you can only customize it from outside in the dry dock from the customize ship console. And that includes the interior of your ship. If you look down the bottom, there's a little button that says customize interior or something like that. It took me a long time to find that because I'm dumb. Lucas pointed it out to me. But yes, you can change the colors inside as well. All right. The important things to know about your ship. There are two types of components. There's the ship components, which are your shield array, engines, and reactor. And then there's your armaments, which are your weapons. The top weapon is for the pilot's guns. The second one are for both the side weapons. And the third one is for the missiles, I believe. Or is that the, the dome charge firer? I think it's the missiles. What, for the, the big one downstairs? The third one, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the um, that's the dome charger. The one that fires the dome charge? Yeah. Okay, cool. Good to know. So there are three different types of weapons, but don't be dumb like me and think that the top two were left and right cannons. Nope. The top one is for the pilot's guns only. The second one's for both gunners. 
that's important to know. Um, when it comes to the ship components, the reactor is the important one if you want to get more avionics capacity. The shield will give you more shield, of course. Engines will make you go faster. They're the main main things that you're looking out for for upgrading those. Avionics. Avionics is basically mods for your ship. You start off with a certain capacity and you'll only be able to put them, you know, in. So you'll see a little number down to the bottom right of each avionic and that's the amount of capacity that it takes up. That's basically similar to mods. As that number increases, the amount of damage or the amount of whatever that they do will also increase and keep an eye on the numbers because the mods themselves can also have slightly different numbers as well. They can also have different manufacturers as well. So just keep an eye on that when you're scrapping. So when you're looking at your avionics screen down the bottom right, there's a button that says scrap. So you can break them down for Dirac, which is avionics endo. Basically you can upgrade the grid itself, which is where you put your mods and the mods individually. And both of them will upgrade the whatever it is that the mod does. So if the mod is 10% faster, makes your ship go 10% faster, you upgrade the grid by one point, it'll now go 20% faster. You upgrade the mod by one point as well, it'll now go 30% faster. So there's quite a lot to it, but it will also increase the drain on capacity. So that's important to note as well. Um, you won't get battle avionics very early. You won't get tactical avionics very early. Uh, and you'll find that you fill up your capacity really quickly, just like you did the first time you played Warframe, I guess. Avionics will take you a while to learn. Payload is what you take in with you into a mission. So Revolite is really important, probably the number one most important thing to take in full, especially when you start out, because you need to be able to repair things. So you want to fill that up. You want to make sure you've got resources to fill that up before you even go out, go out on a mission. Second most, I, I would say, before you've got battle avionics is um, missiles. So you want to have missiles. The important thing to know about missiles this is really important as a gunner, something that I learned after about eight hours of playing <laughs> Empyrean. When you're firing with your standard fire, and you're hovering over an enemy ship, you'll see four little arrows on the outside that slowly converge. And once they converge and touch this, the outside um, diamond that's surrounding the uh, enemy ship, that will mean you're locked on. And if you then fire a missile with the alternate fire, it will be locked on and, be, and it'll attack that enemy like a homing missile. However... That does not unlock until you've at least put your first point into the gunnery intrinsic. Interesting. So it's good to know this, that Lucas is going to go into intrinsics in a second. And this is intrinsics is really, really important because the stuff that you think doesn't work when you first start playing Railjack gets fixed as you upgrade your intrinsics. So yeah, don't fire missiles until you're gunner level one. <laughs> basically otherwise you'll miss everything unless they're right in front of your face uh, but you can get them from really far away once you're locked on where else was i so the other two things in payload is flux energy flux energy is really important once you've got battle or, or tactical avionics that stuff can wait until you're probably towards the end of, of earth proxima really uh, and the other what's the other one dome charges you can't fire dome charges until you're rank five gunner. 
So it's going to take you a while to get to rank five gunner, but you never know. You might have a rank five gunner that joins your crew. So once you've got the resources, you may as well make dome charges and at least have them there in case you've got someone that can use them. But it'll be a while. The other thing, people are really excited about getting fired out of their sh- ship as a slingshot. <laughs> the the old uh, Tenno cannon or whatever they call it. Uh, you can't use that until you're rank three in engineering, I think. Is it engineering? Or gunnery. Technical? It's gunnery. So once you're rank three in gunnery, you can be fired out of the ship like a cannon. But until you're rank four, you can't enter cruise ship. So you can only get fired out at them. But once you're rank four, you can fi- get fired out at them like a torpedo. And it's very cool. But you do need to lock on to the cruise ship. So you've got to make sure that there's a yellow arrow next to the ship to show you that you're locked on. Otherwise, you will miss it. Trust me. All right. The roles that we were talking about before. So D will tell you that there's four roles. A pilot, a gunner, tactical, and engineering. Personally, I think tactical and engineering... Well, I think tactical really goes across all four. The pilot can be tactical. The gunners can be tactical. The engineer can be tactical. I don't think tactical is a real single role type. Maybe we'll learn that it is as the game gets harder. I don't know. But I think really there's three main roles. Main roles. And that is engineer. If you've got four people, two people, one on each gun, one person piloting the ship, and another person who's running around killing all the enemies that get on the ship, putting out fires and making resources. The gunners then need to also decide who's going to leave the ship to attack dropships. That's my opinion. Do you agree with that on rolls? Yeah. Yeah. The person who's running around the engineer type can also leave the ship, but if they're going to do so, there needs to be an agreement that the gunners are going to go put out fires and make resources. So really the rolls... Anything, like we said at the start, anything apart from the pilot is going to be pretty flexible. Okay, next up, Arcwing. You need to have Arcwing. If you don't have, um, if you don't have your Arcwing leveled, start leveling your Arcwing. Otherwise, you will get your ass handed to you the second you leave the ship. Uh, the enemies will all focus down on you more than anything else. Uh, trust me. Now, because I'm playing on my PC account, my Arcwing is severely underleveled. And I have had to spend time leveling it up and I've already seen benefits from it. So make sure you've got some good weapons, make sure you've got a good arc wing and you'll be out there freaking serving shit up to the enemies. If you don't, it's best not to leave the ship until you're probably rank four gunnery because then you don't need to worry too much about arc wing. Enemy level is really important because there's two types of enemy level now. There's enemy level of the enemies that will be boarding your ship or that will be on dropships, and there's enemy level of the fighter craft. So you will learn what the fighter craft craft enemy level means as you go along, but look at the enemy level because I think it starts at 40 or something like that. Uh, So that's about 20, I think. Yeah, so it's about 20, with the uh, fighter level being like 1 to 3. So the early Earth missions are pretty doable in terms of anyone, but once you get to the later Earth missions on Earth Proxima, they get pretty tough, and if you don't have mid-to-end-game weapons equipped, you will struggle. So keep that in mind. All right, and the last really important thing to talk about is intrinsics, and I'm going to hand over to Lucas for that. Do you think there's anything else that's a beginner topic for beginning Empyrean that people should know? 
Mm, there no. probably is. We probably missed a few mm, things, no. but probably. You know, that's my Maybe. crash course in beginning Empyrean. Okay, now let's go into the chunky intrinsics. So intrinsics, the new way to grind out a level to improve and acquire some kind of bonus to help make things easier in the long run. Introduced in the nearly dropped Imperium update, intrinsics apply to you, the player, directly. So where do you start with the new grindy leveling system? Good question. I've decided to start with the gaining of the needed resources. Intrinsic points. And these are gained through the tasks completed during a Railjack mission, such as repairing hull damage or intercepting boarding parties, or any other task that uh, is in said mission that assists in completing the mission successfully. Next up, if you don't have access to a dry dock in which has the primary location for intrinsic upgrading, then there is of course the option to use the profile menu from the pause screen to access the intrinsics menu. So yeah, you can still do that. Now that the basics of how are out of the way, let's look at the why. Starting with the roles you can put points towards, we have pilot, tactical, gunnery, engineering, and the still locked away command to be released at a later date. So, as you can guess, putting points towards piloting can make you a better pilot and grant you cool evasive advantages, along with the ability to boost and eventually deal damage to enemy vessels you collide with while boosting. Pretty damn cool, and it's a hefty amount of damage too. Uh, tactical. Putting your points in tactical grants you the tactical advantages to use tactical avionics and the crew's warframe abilities to hinder enemies that attempt to board your vessel tactically. In the long run, this makes you the cornerstone in communications and can use the interface to view and issue orders to the party if voice chat is not a viable option. Wink wink. Feeling trigger happy? Then gunnery is for you, granting the improved turret mode with 360 degree firing where the railjack does not block your view. You can also gain access to the arc wing torpedo tube and artillery cannon for extra firepower. At max rank, you also receive aim assist. Yay! And the fixer of what is broken and the builder of what is missing. The engineering intrinsic is basically for the healer of the group as they gain improved efficiency for repairs and building railjack munition materials. As an added bonus, when it comes to material refining, high level engineering grants bonus resource handouts to the party and at max can remotely repair damage anywhere in the ship. Now, for a few extra points on the intrinsic system, when leveling, each level will require double the previous point requirements, so getting from 0 to 10 will require a total of 1,023 intrinsic points for a single intrinsic skill path. 9 to 10 requires 512 alone. And lastly, each level up in intrinsics will grant the player 1,500 mastery rank experience, so you can rank up your MR nicely. There is a lot of news to this new system, but it is a new grind with a long shelf life and the bonuses make it worth it when playing aboard your railjack. And I didn't put this in, but each one of the bonuses, uh, bonus trees, intrinsic trees, actually does boost up um, uh, Arcwing capabilities as you go as well. Ah, what do you mean? Well, a good example would be the gunnery tree actually increases the ability strength, ah, yes. uh, ability range, and uh, weapon damage on all Arcwing abilities and weapons. Um, I think it was engineering boosts the health, shield, and armor. 
Yeah, uh, I did notice that actually. Attack. Yeah. Yeah, each one has some kind of bonus towards Arkham. Which is good. And realistically, while, while Intrinsics is, you know, probably the most important thing that's been added with Empyrean, as much as you're going to want to just be one thing, you kind of have to be a, dra- a jack-of-all-trades. You kind of have to put points yes. into everything. Because if you find... Even if you want to be a pilot, if you find yourself on someone else's ship and you have to be a gunner, if you don't have level two of gunnery, which gives you that 360-degree firing, you may as well not be a gunner. <laughs> it's pointless. Yeah. You may as well just run around and, and do the fixy thing. Exactly. So there's... It's those first few points in each of them are really key. And the later points are the ones where, yeah, I want to be a pilot, so I'm going to put it all into piloting. Yeah. It will take time. I do know that there are some people out there that are up to seven. But like you said, 1,023 intrinsic points is going to take a long time to level up everything. But, you know, I fully believe yeah. that there will be people who are intrinsic 10 in everything in about a week. Probably. I mean, I'm already uh, six in pilot. Yeah, but that only takes, what, 64? That one required 64 or 32? Somewhere in there, yeah. I think that one... 32, so the next one's going to be 64. The next one after that's going to be 128. So (laughs) it doubles each time. So yes, you've gotten to six relatively quickly, but the amount of time it took you to... And I got four in everything else. But the amount of time it took you to get to six is how long it's going to take you to go up one more step. So it does get longer yeah. exponentially with each one, but still, some people are going to smash them out. Plus, you did mention how to get intrinsic points, but we don't know exactly how it works. Lucas looked into it as best he could to see how many points you get for doing certain things or whatever the case may be, but we can't find that information as yet. Yeah. And another thing I should actually mention is that intrinsic points are important to pro- uh, progression. You need at least three intrinsic points in a single tree to be able to uh, start doing missions on Mars and seven in any of the intrinsic trees to be able to start doing missions in the Interesting. Uh, so when you said Mars, you meant Saturn. Saturn. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yes. Yeah, okay, seven. Interesting. Yep. Damn. I hope... You enjoyed those two beginner topics. I don't think the intrinsics are going to change terribly much. And I don't really think the beginner stuff is going to change terribly much over time either. So it should remain the same of value, regardless of when you're listening to this, provided you haven't actually used it yet. I wonder how intrinsics are going to change over time. I know they're going to add the command module, but are they going to add more intrinsics? I hope so. And and, so the only thing I think about it is... Because it's, it's a skill tree, right? It is. So if they add more skills, are they going to force a skill respec? Or how are they going to do it each time they release more skills? I feel like there should actually be a branching point in each one where it's like, okay, do you want to specialize more in this? Or do you want to specialize more in this? Yeah, they, at they, which point they'll have to be respecs. Definitely the, the capabilities of doing I mean, looking at pilot alone, you could either specialize in... Um, maneuvers, or you could specialize in boost. Yeah. It's there, though. You can do it. Same with gunnery. You can either specialize in the fucking um, torpedo cannon, or you can specialize in the artillery cannon. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they go down something like that kind of path. I yeah. guess we'll see. 
Hmm. Alrighty. So let's move on to the end of the show. The last couple of things. Hello there, lizards. You're listening to Cephalon Squared. Get back in the tubes. We have a community call out for this week. So, did you want to read it out? Uh, you do the community call out because I do the tune. I tune <laughs> I like my reviews. No worries. Alrighty. So the community call out. This is a shout out to Xenomortis in uh, our Discord, uh, in our PS4 channel, who helped out Xanadol. You might recall last week we did a shout out to Xanadol, who has had a bit of an injury and has been off work. And, you know, we wanted to help him get back into things. And sadly, he hasn't been able to play Warframe too much because... It was a little bit bright and was causing headaches for him. So Xenomortis suggested using polarized sunglasses to help reduce the glare. And that actually worked a charm. And Xanadol is able to play Warframe again and has been active again in our uh, community. So big shout out to Xenomortis for being a community star, basically. You get a cookie. Have a cookie. Cookie for you. And uh, Xanadol, it is so good to see you back and active, and we did miss you very greatly. Yeah. Cool stuff is cool. Welcome back. Alrighty. Reviews update. There were no new reviews this week. Sad panda. Sad indeed. Would you like to do the iTunes review for the catch-ups? I would like to do that, but I think there's one thing missing first. Where is the love letters to Disco Box? You're right. We haven't done a... Love letter to Disco Box. I just sang that on my own, Lucas. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you made me sing it on my own. <sighs> I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, well, maybe I'm not. Nah, you're not. You had fun. I, I had did. fun listening to you. You know I love it. <laughs> and we do have one this week. I didn't put it in the notes, so... Wow. I'm... Being very slow to stretch things out. Okay. <laughs> so this one came from Brett or BT Sass 09. I don't know how to say your Twitter name, but Brett, who said, Oh, disco box. Roses are red. Your voice is awesome. I wish they'd make you a tenor voice option. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very good. Well Very good done. to Brett. <laughs> well played indeed. So I don't think he's made you a um, direct response. He did share a, a little gif, gif, whatever you want to say for you. So that's kind of special. But uh, we enjoyed your love letter to Disco Box. So thank you very, very much for that. Well done. Indeed. <laughs> so... Thank you for the reminder, Lucas, because I didn't have that note in there. Alrighty. Okay. Would you like to do the iTunes review? I can do the iTunes review. iTunes US, Trevi underscore VTech, makes workdays go faster. Five star. I really enjoy listening to Greg and Lucas while working. I enjoy all the topics they cover, along with the humor thrown in. Also enjoy how even as a somewhat of a vet player, they still teach me a thing or two. Keep it up, guys. Thanks, Travi. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yay, we teach people stuff. Yay. Pro- probably Lucas, but still. 
I try. <laughs> Greg tries too. Uh, I did forget to say, if you want to send a love letter to Disco Box as well, you know what to do. Hit him up on Twitter at Disco underscore Box and copy us on there and we will see it and you will have it read out on the stream. Show. <laughs> English words are hard. All right. To finish up for today, and this is one of our longest episodes because Empyrean is awesome and deserves it. We have a Dr. Cephalon. Now, this one is from Rathok. Dear Dr. Cephalon, I had a thought. I don't recall if we've discussed it before. One thing that may allow for simultaneous launch on all platforms would be a public test server. It could be PC only, where there's some level of access to get in and break things before it rolls out to the masses, even without the folks who stream, YouTube, etc. It would still be likely to be pretty popular for people to jump in. Partners could show content off early too. ESO, which is uh, fucking not Elite Sanctuary Onslaught. What is it? Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Elder Scrolls Online does this, and it's cross-platform. It seems to work well. All right, I don't know how I feel about this public Mm. test server. Yeah. It's doable, but personally, personally, when it comes to cross-save or cross-play, whatever... I think there doesn't need to be a simultaneous launch on all platforms, personally. No, there doesn't. It really comes down to how they differentiate each item within their database. And if they've structured it right, then they should be able to call on only data that you have unlocked on a certain platform or that is available on a certain platform to be used. So you could still cross-save, you could still go and play on PlayStation, even if Empyrean's not out, the stuff that you have acquired on PC will still be there. It'll still be in your database. You just won't be able to play it on PS4 until it's released on that platform. Yeah. I think a good example for this is Destiny 2. Now, I know in the last few weeks, uh, in the last month or two, we've actually mentioned a lot on Destiny 2. But uh, one of the things I noticed when they decided to go free to play is that on my uh, PlayStation, I had the um the the the, was it the expansion the the forsaken expansion Mm -hmm. i activated my cross save and then i jumped on my pc thinking cool now i can play all my favorite parts on my pc jump in got my character it's all cool i can start playing it's got everything that i already had go to jump into a forsaken mission and couldn't do it because i don't have the forsaken update on my PC account, only my PlayStation account. So while I can still use literally everything that I pick up on the the PC account, I can't access the parts that I can't access those missions or game modes tied to the Forsaken update. Yeah. I mean, that is a good example of compartmentalizing, but to be fair, Destiny does release simultaneously on all, all platforms. So, slightly different. Slightly different. Um, but, but, yeah, it's con- yeah. but it still has that compartmentalization where if you haven't paid for a certain piece of content on the PC, you just don't have access to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I really think Warframe should work. Yeah, exactly. I think, I really think Warframe wouldn't work with a PTS server because Warframe needs the masses to break it. Yeah. 
It's it's. I think it's the the amount of people that actually break the game and really get them going. Okay, cool. The, if we if we push the server this hard, these things bust and leak. Yeah, I mean ESO has Bethesda behind them. They've got a crap load of money and probably more developing power. So I think they'd probably li- release a more complete game than Digital Extremes has the capacity to do. So. Warframe tends to be buggier, I think. I really think it lends itself to having PC as the testing ground, personally. Would a public test server work? Possibly. It'd mean that people would either have to have only a PTS account, or they'd have to run multiple accounts, or they'd have to copy their account to the PTS server every time they wanted to use it. And what's the point of doing that? You know, you've got to have players wanting to do it. And if you're going to have to grind for the same things in multiple places, I'm not sure people would really want to do it just to get access to early content, particularly if they lose that the next time another bit of content comes out. So yeah, I think the way it's working now is good. And if they can build in a way to just have it so that different things that you've unlocked on different platforms or that are not available on different platforms. You just don't have access to them. So when you go to your Xbox, you've got access to all of the prestige Xbox Xbox things that you've unlocked and you can use those skins, but you can't use them on the PlayStation. You can't use them on the P- uh, the PC. Can't use them on Switch. You can't use them on the Switch. Exactly. So the Switch, you've got access to the uh, Opal collection. PlayStation, you've got access to the Obsidian collection, all that kind of stuff. Would that work perfectly? Probably not, especially if you're using those skins on, you know, your character. And when you load it up on your PS4, suddenly your Excalibur's just in his bland old Excalibur skin. Who knows how it would work, but I'm not sure that a public test server is required. And I'm really not sure that a simultaneous launch is required. I don't think it would be a good thing for Warframe personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. That's my personal thoughts. And I'm not a developer, so I don't know. I could be wrong. If you'd like to talk about that more, go on over to our Discord, which is where all the conversation happens, and I'm sure this will spark some conversation in the coming days. Alrighty. So that brings us to the end of episode 74. If you'd like to join that Discord, or if you'd like to join our Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, all of those wonderful places, find out who we are and where we are, go to our website at cephalonsquared.com. If you'd like to shoot us an email to give us some tips or pointers or make some suggestions or whatever you like, hit us up at cephalonsquared at gmail.com. Why don't we say thank you to our patrons, Lucas? I think we should. So let's start with a thank you to Rathok. And let's continue with a thank you to Jellybean1799. And I think Zula deserves a thank you as well. I agree, as does Lord Frieson. And we can't forget Logan Neal. Can't we? No, we can't. We also cannot equally forget Danathan. And who can forget Red Wizard 12? Not I. Nor can I forget Knight Rider 8503. And finally, Solarian. Indeed. These people, keep us going. Keep the Cephalon Squared train a-running on the tracks, day by day, week by week. We thank you. And if you would like to support us in any way, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support to find out how. Otherwise, simply share our content, 
give us a rating on your podcast platform, click like on our YouTube channel, all of that wonderful stuff helps spread the word and helps get us seen on the different platforms. Anyhow, my name is Greg Newbegin. I am Mad Capsules all over the place. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestre. I am Silverlight all over the place. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive shout out to our amazing, fantastic, glorious community. You guys are awesome. And thank you so much for your ongoing support. Keep it up. Hell yeah. Thank you very, very much. And thank you to Yarn at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. If you'd like to send him a Disco, a love letter to Disco Box, make sure you do because we love it. And thank you to you for listening. Keep an eye out for our Vorbin Mini later this week. And uh, we'll see you next week again for, I hope, DevStream 135. Yay! Yay! Bye! Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.